Hello, everyone. This is your host, Nick Greco, with the Bronx Bombers Baseball Talk Podcast, the Triple BT Pod. Today, I'm joined by my father, John Greco, and my cousin, Paul Farina, calling in all the way from New York, just like I promised. We're making it a family affair. Um, today, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the spring training games that have been going on. Uh, the Bombers have been dropping bombs. We're going to go around position by position. We're going to give some over-unders for this year, give our projections for each position, and we'll wrap it up from there. And so, without further ado, here we go! It's time for the Bronx Bombers Baseball Talk Podcast. All right, guys, appreciate you coming. If you've listened to the first few episodes, we really appreciate it. Uh, This is episode three of the Bronx Bombers Baseball Talk podcast. And like I said, uh, I'm your host, Nick Greco. We're coming to you live from Dallas today. My cousin Paul uh, is calling in from New York. Paul, give us a give us a shout out. What's up, Paul? Coming at you live from Massapequa, Long Island. Dang! All right, Paul, give us a little intro. Tell us about you, man. It's uh, you've had some exciting news happen in the last week or so. Yeah, I just got engaged. I proposed to my girlfriend, top of the Empire State Building. She said yes. So good news for me. Dang! So, Paul, tell <laughs> us a little bit about uh, what you're doing out there in New York. I am an electrician. I am local three, and I'm in New York City every day around tons of Yankee fans, shooting baseball talk all day at work with the guys and having a good time looking forward to this Yankee season. Man, so t- so uh, you've been telling me this a little bit, Paul, um, and I know that you're trying to get your way in there, and I know that you can, um, but you were saying that as a electrician in the city that kind of the holy grail of all um, – all jobs has been able to run the scoreboard at the stadium. Tell us a little bit about that. It's the most coveted position in local three. They let you leave work early. They pay you for the day. You go and run the scoreboard. You make overtime when you run the scoreboard. And it's very clicky though. It's hard. I'm trying to squeeze my way in there. And, uh, and maybe some, someday down the road, maybe I will be able to run the scoreboard. It's a dream. I'm working on it. Hey, if anyone can, it's you. What that sounds bad. maybe you can get a uh, maybe you can get a lead in from Felicity Huffman. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like it's the next best gig to actually playing on the squad. You know what? It's my playing days don't look like it's going to happen. So uh, scoreboard, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Well, we're excited. Paul's going to be joining us from time to time. Excited to have him on the show. Um, our next episode, we're planning on maybe broadcasting. We're doing a, a fantasy league this year maybe broadcasting the draft. I don't know if we'll be able to make that happen, but uh, you might hear Paul again real soon if that's the case. Um, and then I've got my dad, uh, John Greco, with us here also. Say hey, what's up. Hey, guys. I'm glad uh, to be here. I missed the first couple. I was holding out with uh, Keichel and a few of the other players, but uh, I, I got my deal negotiated and I'm ready to go. We were able to get him for a low price. He held out. It's the, it's the agent's fault. But we're able to get him here, so it's going to be fun, guys, like I said. Um, got my dad here, got my cousin here, we're diehard Yankee fans. My dad, originally from New York, we've been transplanted here, and I grew up here in Dallas. But we're going to talk Yanks. We're going to um, – man, let's just talk a little bit about some of the spring training games that have been going on, man. Just today, so we had the split squad game today. Uh, Paul, I know that you had uh, some work you were doing. I don't know if you caught any of the games or or anything, but man, I read. Split... Uh, 
I read the I, – I was reading the, the headlines, and I saw that they said the Yankees did a ton of home runs today, but I missed the game. Man, so I saw Voight hits a monster bomb to dead center. Bird didn't like that Voight hit a home run. So <laughs> Bird hits a line drive shot to left field. I think that both of his home runs have been to the opposite field this year. And then right after Bird, Glaber hits a P-Rod opposite field into right field. These guys are just – they just don't stop, man. Judge had another home run yesterday that was, like, out of the stadium huge. He turned out – that was his first one that he pulled. Most of his home runs have been to right center. Uh, that was the first one he pulled. He yanked on it. And then Chulowitzki hit one today that was huge also on a hanger. He uh, hits it out of the stadium, but – the bombers have come to play, man. A lot of guys are hitting home runs this this uh, spring. Not that that means anything, but it's almost like in spring, if they suck, you can say, "Oh, it doesn't matter. It's just spring." But you still want them to be good. The Yankees are have been really good so far this spring. Who, um, out of all the guys, who has surprised you the most, or has given you um the most to like what you see from? Coming into the team, me the most. Um, Who? And it's unfortunate because I don't even know if we're going to have a spot for him. But Tyler Wade looks like he finally is putting his swing together. And, he, you know, I love to watch him. He's a fun guy to watch. He's got the speed. He's exciting. But with the lineup sitting the way it is, I just don't know if there's going to be a place. What do you What do you think, Paul? Uh, I, I want to see Frazier pick it up and do more. I know he's had a rough spring. He's not doing great, but I'm a big Frazier fan. I'm, I'm big on the red lightning, and I want him to pick it up, and I want to see him be part of the team this year and play a pivotal role. I know, man. Frazier's a guy that you got to root for. Um, I was saying before that I love how – I mean, he's got the personality, right? Like, most of the guys on the Yankees are so straight-laced, which I guess is good, yeah. and you don't want guys to be media problems. Um but Frazier comes in with a little bit of attitude. They were showing uh, yesterday that he's got a little bit of a mullet going on. He's got some business in the front and party in the back. Uh, they made him cut his big hair. But, yeah, he's kind of struggled so far. I don't think that he has a shot at making the team right off the bat. Uh, but this is a guy that I think that we forget, man. Um, I mean, he missed most of the year last year. He's, he's just getting warmed up. Uh, he was so close last year. It seemed like to really breaking through. So he's a guy that I, yeah, I always root for him, man. But yeah, bats are looking kind of bad right now. But yeah, it's not looking he's a great. Guy, it's not looking great. Yeah, he's a guy that you're hoping with, like maybe a month or two down in the minors, playing every day. That you know, first injury happens that's substantial. He's the guy that I want to get called up. But uh, dead to what you were saying. Yeah, uh, Wade has looked good. And he's exciting. He's a guy that I think – I mean, he'll be on the team. He's going to be the third bench spot at this point. Um, he can play just too many positions. And he's a guy that I don't think they care if he sits a lot. Like with guys like Frazier and with someone like um, Bird, and we'll talk about Bird in a little bit, those are guys that I don't think they want to have being platoon guys or sitting on the bench a lot. I think they want those guys to have every day at bats, where with Wade – it's a plus if he can hit, uh, but he's really there because he can play pretty much any position on the field. He's got the incredible speed. He's coming in late in a game to pinch run in clutch situations. But I mean, I think he had another double today. 
He's yeah. got to be hitting close to 400 this spring. Um, exciting guy to watch. One of the things that has really um, struck me that I think is a good sign, and maybe we'll just transition this guy's right into our over-unders. It seems like a lot of guys on the team, and uh, Parge, you, you pointed this out, a lot of guys on the team are really making the effort, it seems like, to shorten their approach in general, and especially with two strikes. Uh, oh, I'll tell you what's cracking me up about that whole theory, and it looks fantastic with everyone trying to make contact with two strikes. And that philosophy was really brought up last year by Glaber, a 21-year-old rookie would do that at every at-bat. With two strikes, he would shorten up his stride and just focus on making contact. And lo and behold, now all the senior guys are saying, hey, shit, maybe we should do that too. Yeah, and with Paul, a guy like Judge, with that shortened approach, he could still smack it out of the park, no problem. Oh, I mean, he, like, hit it out of the stadium yesterday without even taking a step. He's a freak. He's not even He's normal. driving it out to right field, right center, with a no-stride, two-strike uh, two approach. Um, so this brings me to my first over-under, guys. So we're going to do about half a dozen of these here. So here's the first over-under. Three players on the squad this year that are going to hit over 300. Over-under. Under. Under. You know what? I I mean, and I wrote this, so I'm a little biased. I'm going to call it right at three. Maybe I should have done two. Um, That's crazy. Do you think anyone will hit 300 this year? I'll tell you what. Now, it's going to be – it's an ambiguous question you're posing because the way the lineup is structured, how many at-bats are you going to need to qualify for this? Yeah, so we'll call it guys that are getting semi-normal playing time, maybe 400 at-bats, 300 at-bats. If they get three, here's my projection. If they get three, the dark horse that's going to sit in there and hit it is LeMahieu. LeMahieu's got a great swing through the zone. He's had a a little slow start to the spring. But uh, outside of the injury year last year, what, the year before that, he hit like 310, 315. The year before that, 348, he was the national batting champion. I mean, he he gets a great stroke to the opposite field. And so he's got the ability to do that. Yeah, DJ, you know, it was a guy that I wasn't even thinking about when I made that. Paul, do you think anyone's going to hit 300 this year? Uh, I don't know. It's going to – they focus – they're focusing too much on power and hitting it out of the park. Maybe with these shortened approaches, we'll have some guys creep up on it and get close. I just don't know, though. Maybe I would like to see Glaber pick it up a little. Maybe he can get some extra points, but I don't see anyone hitting 300. So here's who I had in mind. I had three guys hitting 300 or that I think could get really close. Glaber is the first one. Um, I think that before Glaber got hurt last year, and he never really came back the same from his hip injury, he was on the way. I mean, you can tell that with his approach, he's going to right field. He makes better adjustments within it bats and within pitches than anyone on the team or really anyone in the league. He's unreal. His second year in the league, it looks like he's healthy. I think that Glaber can push 300, if not get over it. Um, the second one that I had was uh, Andujar. Andujar hit 297 last year. 298. Something like that. He was one or two points, so he's a hit or two away from hitting 300. Again, you know, it's one of those things where with the sophomore season, can you – Yeah, can sophomore you ex- slump. Yeah, do you expect the sophomore slump? Like, can he live up to that? Or 
do you look at a guy like that and say, can he improve on that? I mean, Judge, before he got hurt last year, was on a, a torrid pace again. It wasn't quite the 30 home runs in the first half like his uh, like his 17, but I wouldn't say that he had a sophomore slump at all. So I look at a guy like Andujar, just with his playability and with his athleticism. I mean, the dude gets in the box, and he always looks like he's going to crush it. He hit a home run today, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Um, and I just – I think that he- – and Duhar's got something to prove this year. You know, he comes out, should have won Rookie of the Year if it wasn't for Soge Otani. Um, he got robbed. He got robbed just because this guy robbed. pitches and hits. The first guy since Ruth. He does both pretty good. I'm not going to take anything away from him, but he played half he a season. He missed like 60 games. He missed yeah. like 60 games last year. You're not Rookie of the Year if you only play half the season. And Duhar was there all season, did everything, and – he was the rookie of the year. It was so obvious, and he got robbed. Yeah, he gets robbed. Um, I mean, I think Andrew Har was even voted the player rookie of the year by the players, which that's all that really counts. Like, we, you get these writers out there that are just pompous and political, and they got to be the guy that picks Otani over Andrew Har just so they can say they voted for him 20 years from now. Um, so he comes out and has a season where he should have been rookie of the year. On any other year, he would have been a hands-down rookie of the year. Uh, and then the whole offseason, th- there's talk that the Yanks are going to trade him for um, Machado. for Machado. So, you yeah. know, this guy comes out. He can't do anything more. You can't ask anything more from a rookie. And he's got half the Yankee base that want him to get traded. And so it's kind of like what <laughs> – I think that he really has something to prove this year. Uh, he made some good plays. I think his defense is improving. Hopefully he can be at least league average. That's all we need from him. But, you know, he was pushing at it last year. I think that he could do it this year. And then my my number three who I thought could is Judge. Judge could. I mean, it looks like he's really shortened his approach, not just with two strikes, but even without two strikes. He's not taking quite as big of a leg kick. You can tell that he's trying to go right, right center with everything. The home run that he pulled yesterday – was way inside. He pulled his hands way in to get it. Um, it just looks like, as a team, they're really focused on that. And like I said in my first episode, you know, watching every game like we do, I think that you can look and see that that was one of the big weaknesses that the team had that the Red Sox ex- executed on. Uh, they don't live and die on the home run like we did. Yep. And I think that you're seeing that. And, I mean, his first year, Judge hit almost 280, right at 280. Um, well, you know, the thing is, the ball comes off his bat so hard, the bat speed is so heavy that he gets a lot of ground ball singles that other guys. Um, that's a good point. Yeah. Would his exit velo so, is so hot that he makes contact with it. He's got a higher likelihood of getting a hit. You know, I saw Stanton what in the game Friday with the Red Sox almost like knocked Devers over with a ground ball. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> those guys just hit it so hard. Um, it just looks like Judge is making the concerted effort to really cut down on the strikeouts, to really put the bat to the ball. And he's so strong that he'll hit a ton of homers anyway. But I really think those three guys could. And with LeMahieu, man, I didn't even think about that. He'll be in the lineup four or five times a week at least. Um, so that's another guy that he could get there. So I think uh, I'll probably still go under three. But I think that we'll have two guys with 300 averages this year. And a lot of people in today's day and age say that they don't care about that. I'm not that old, but call me old school, but I want a guy hitting 300 in our lineup. 
Yeah, you know, hey, on this vein, I got to ask you, Paulie, I got to ask you, Paulie, what do you think, yeah. just curious, off the top of your head, beginning of the season, I don't want to jump ahead, but I'm just curious and want to tie it into this conversation. Do you well, think the Yankees got a real chance this year to be a world champion? They're the team to beat this year. Yankees are nothing. They're winning it all. They're taking it all. If they don't win this year, this will be the first decade that they don't win a World yep. Series in 100 years. Wow. Okay, so I don't want to get deeper into that, but I just wanted to make a point on how much the game has changed. You know, I've been watching this game a lot longer than you guys have, but this is how crazy it is. So I got my, my little ne- uh, nephew, Paulie, the psychotic Paulie out in New York. He agrees with us. The Yankees are going to be the team to beat, but at the same time, doesn't think anyone on the team will hit 300. <laughs> yeah. It's, so it's the game's changed. It's evolved in different ways. I think it's still important. You gotta you gotta put the bat on the ball. You gotta get people on base. You gotta make things happen. I think they rely too much on the long ball. I'm, I agree with what you guys are saying, but I just I still just think that a team to be because even last year with all the injuries with everything, this team won a hundred games. A hundred games. That's no small feat. Yeah. They did that with all the injuries, with all the slumps, with all the, the young guys coming in that you don't even know what they're going to produce. Everyone went above and beyond, and I really think they are the team to beat, especially with that fire bullpen on the back end. Yeah, that's a little insane on the bullpen right now. All right, let's go to the bullpen. I've got an over-under on the bullpen. Okay, i got to hear this one. So last year, the Yankees' bullpen set the record – with a strikeout per nine innings rate of 11.4 strikeouts per nine. Uh, it was the first time ever that the bull, a bullpen had struck out over 30% of the batters. Wow. So my over-under is over-under that record from last year, 11.4K per nine. So the uh, subtractions were you replace D-Rob essentially with Ottavino. You get a full season of Healthy Britain over Chase and Shreve, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh and then you figure out that we're gonna have Canley Canley's coming back. Canley looks good. People forgot Canley was on the team last year because he had gained weight, he had dead arm, he was in the minors most of the year, and when he was up, he wasn't great. And he's looked like they said that he lost 20 or 30 pounds. He's corrected some of his eating habits and drinking habits, and he's thrown smoke. He's I think that Canley's gonna be back to the 2017 form. So yeah. Those were the subtractions. Those are the additions. Over, under, the Yankees, 11.4K per nine for the bullpen. That's a big number. Um, all right, go ahead, Paul. You go first. That's that's a huge number. I, I think they can go over. I'm going to go over. I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say over on that. He's going to go over. I'm, you know what? I'm going to – if this is like, uh, you know, Simon Cowell's show there – they're going to get a pass through their next round because I'm going to go over too. And primarily I'm going to go over on that because Adovino is insane strikeout pit. And Britain I saw this year in the preseason, I think he's going to wind up being the closer by the end of the season. That's a bold statement. I, I got some numbers for you guys. So I think they're going to go over also just because I think that what they're bringing this year it's going to be stronger than last year. And I think that if we take into consideration that we're going to get a full season of Zach Britton, hopefully at full health. He's looked good this spring. The Zach Britton that we got in the second half of last year is not Zach Britton. He's coming back from a brutal Achilles injury. 
And he wasn't bad. He was good. Yeah, still pretty he just good. wasn't, you know, he's two years, three years removed from the best season ever by a closer. Um, I don't know if he's still got that, but let me just read you some numbers. So Chapman had a freak year last year. Not a lot of people remember that. I think that Yankee fans have a bad habit of blending seasons. So in 17, Chapman had a little bit of trouble. He was even removed at, from the starter role at one point. 18, he was almost 100%. Chapman's strikeout for nine inning ratio last year was 16.3 strikeouts per nine. That's a 43% wow. clip. So wow. that's high. Can the guy repeat that? I don't know. I mean, but, it's Chapman. But didn't he also – didn't he have time in the DL last year with arm tenderness and shoulder problems and inflammation, if I yeah, remember correctly? he missed a little time. And so, I mean, Chapman throws 100 miles an hour, and he's been developing the slider that's filthy. That They said he's using more. So is he still going to throw 100, 200, 3? Like, how long can you expect a guy to pitch like that? But if he's throwing yeah. 100 with a filthy slider, does it make a difference? No. So I think – no. You got to figure that Chapman is either going to be about the same or right around there. Batances was at 15.5 strikeouts per nine. Oh, my God. Which is another Ooh. one that's a free. I think over the last few years, Dellen has the most strikeouts from the bullpen of anyone. Um, a lot of people are panicking, which is another thing. Like, Yankee fans also have very short memories on certain things. I think they just like to get pissed. Batances is a slow starter every year. In spring training, his velo's always down. And this year especially, he had a kid at the very beginning of spring training. So he's really just getting into it. So his velocity's not there, but you know that he's going to be there. He'll be above 95, 96, 97, 98, pushing 100 with the filthy curveball. Um, you figure he's probably going to be about the same. I think we've gotten about the same for Batances like every year since he's been on the squad. Um Here's where I think we gained. So Britain's strikeout rate last year was 7.5. Oh, that's strikeout. He's going to blow that out the door. Yeah. So yeah, he is. Absolutely. I think that historically, Britain is, he's not necessarily as much of a strikeout pitcher as these other guys. He's a big ground ball guy with his really heavy bowling ball two seamer. But statistic, like his average was right around nine, nine or 10. Um, so I think we'll see that up from last year. Ottavino was 13 Ks per nine. Oof. Got no reason to believe that he's going to be anything other than that. He's like striking out the side every time he comes into the game. No, the he's other day he did get uh, only two strikeouts in an inning. That's true, Paul. He's going to be pitching um, in a different league, the American League East. So we'll you see how he adjusts. Now instead of the pitcher, it's a lot. I mean, we'll see how it adjusts. But another thing that we got to be optimistic about is this dude's not going to be pitching in Coors Field. So his <laughs> yeah. slider could break more for all we know. Yeah. Um, green 11.2. You figure he's probably going to be about the same. He's been working on his change up holder 8.2. Yeah. I don't know what to expect from holder. He had a, he, he jumped up last year. Um, I don't know if he'll continue it, but you figure he's going to here's, I think we're really going to gain on uh Canely. Well, if you take Canely against Shreve. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of like a no brainer. Shreve, the no Cardinals should probably sue us. For that deal we did. Right? Um, so, Canely actually... Voight in that deal, right? Yeah, so we traded yeah. Shree for Voight, which might be the most lopsided trade of all time when it comes down to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, again. it would have been a good deal for us if they took Shreve and didn't give us anybody. If they but... gave us a bucket of chicken fingers, I would have taken it. Um, 
So, Canley, you got to think. Canley's strikeout rate last year, he didn't have much time, like we said, but his strikeout rate was still pretty high. What killed him was, I was looking at this, so if he averaged what he did in 17 between the White Sox and the Yankees, his um, walk rate was 2.6, which is pretty good. His walk rate, yeah. Well, I guess nowadays maybe it's pretty good. Well, his walk rate last year was (laughs) 5.8, so it's a hell of a lot better than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what happened with Kingley. It was like 2017. We make that trade at the deadline. We get him. It ends up being such a huge part of that postseason push where we should have made it to the World Series. And all of a sudden, I'm so high up on him in 2018, and he does nothing. He's not even on the team. They bring him in. He lets up 15 runs. He's just he was terrible, <laughs> beyond terrible. And I just. I'm not going to get my hopes up with him again. I understand he might have lost weight. He might have did this or that. Proof is in the pudding. He needs to produce. Yeah, so we'll see. I have to believe, it. just from the looks of it, it looks like he'll be better than last year. Like you said, Paul, half the time I forgot that he was on the team last year. Like, you're listing the bullpen guys, and you forget Canley's there because he wasn't there. Maybe he was hanging out with Ellsbury. Yeah, he might have <laughs> been uh, in Arizona or Oregon or wherever, Ellsbury. Which, speaking of, Ellsbury joined the team today and had his physical. So uh, whatever that's worth, who knows? Who knows on that guy? We're not going to spend any time talking about Ellsbury. So it's a waste of time. Yeah. I think that we all agree. We were all over. I think that the bullpen added more than it lost. Um, I mean, we're we're just going to have the best bullpen of all time. Maybe this year, it's going to be powerful. As crazy it is to think, I think that 11.4 Ks per nine, we're going to get over that. Um, all right, I got a few more. Oh, go on. Paul. One last thing on the bullpen. One last thing on the bullpen. I was reading something. They said the Yankees, it was eight out of the last ten years, had the, they had the number one bullpen in all of baseball. And that they don't – and the article I was reading was saying that they don't think that the bullpen is going to translate to a world championship. And in the past for the Yankees, with having the best bullpen, it hasn't translated to a world championship. What do you think about that? And that's a really interesting point because you see, uh, I mean, Boston won last year essentially with no bullpen. I mean, they had Kimbrel, who was really struggling at the end of the year. So did the but Astros. they moved the their starters yeah. into the bullpen. They, yeah, when you get to the playoffs, I think what you'll see, and this is what the Astros did the year before, is that they put guys like McCullers, yeah. and last year with the Red Sox, Ivaldi. Like once they make it to the playoffs, and they're in those situations where especially if they're deciding to go with a three-man rotation. They just put their best pitchers in um, in the bullpen, and they, you know it gets a little unorthodox. I think what's really going to be important this year, and I'm really surprised that the Red Sox neglected their bullpen, I think that our bullpen is going to be really important in winning the division this year because I think yeah. that over a full season, just with injuries and with, Starters needing rest. I think they're going to want a lot of the starters to not push their innings. Um, you know, we've got so many guys so deep that hopefully we'll be able to rest these guys throughout a season, not rely so heavily. Like maybe Batances, it seems like at the end of the year, always gets worn down just because he's got the most innings on him. Um, yeah. I'll tell you what. That's a good point. An interesting point to watch with the Yankee bullpen. And I think, I think it is going to be the strongest in major league baseball this year, but where it's going to be different. And what's going to be interesting to see is they have now stacked it with these seasoned professionals 
and there's not really anyone in there with options. Like yeah. there's no way to move guys up and down and in and out like they did over the past couple of years. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, they're not really – I think maybe – You know, like a guy would get tired, they send him down, they bring yeah. another guy up to watch the pen the next day, and they yeah, keep doing that and using up their options. But none of these guys have options. Holder might. Yeah. He's the only one. Canely might. Um, I'm not sure. If they carry eight guys, like if they put a guy like Tarpley in there, that might be the Scranton bus. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's not like the years past. But that's an interesting point, Paul, you know. We've had the strongest bullpen, but it hasn't translated. But you know, on that note, let's get into a couple starter things. Um, you know, we had the news this week that Sevy is not going to be joining the team until May. It looks like uh, it seems like everything is in good order. They don't seem to be worried. It just seems like they're going to give him the rest he needs, uh, and then he'll still need some time to get in tip-top shape. It's not like an injury in the middle of the season where the guy's going, like he's still going to need his spring training. Um, it's not what you want to hear that your ACE is missing the first month of the season, but honestly, I'd rather have him healthy at the end of the season. Uh, our schedule is kind of easy the first month or so. So I think that we'll be able to get by. Um, so my over under on Sevy is just game started. Um, traditionally you want to see a guy make 30 starts. I have is over under. I had it at twenty five. Let's call it twenty three. I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna go under too. I think he'll be under. I mean, he's gonna miss. They already told us he's gonna miss five. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if he misses the whole month of April, you figure that's what four or five starts. Yeah. That would put him at twenty five. That puts him at twenty five right there. In you know. You're going to have Montgomery maybe coming back in the middle of the year. They might go six-man. They might give him more rest because of the injury. Ollie, what do you think? Yeah, I I don't know. I have a bad feeling in my gut about it. I think the Severino thing might be more serious. They're playing it down, but it just – I don't know. I hope that they're just being extra precautious and giving him the extra rest and giving him what he needs. But I think it's going to be under, definitely under. Yeah, it's um, you know, I think that I'm under there also. Even I had it originally at 25, even if we put it at 23. But I think that if we can see 20 strong starts out of Sevy, like from May on, give him a couple starts off. But like I said, he's a guy that we need strong at the end of the season and into the playoffs. He was suffering from they called it fatigue, is what happened with him at the end of last year. You know, the first half of the season last year, this guy is winning the Cy Young. He was having an unbelievable year. Then it's like the tale of two cities at the second half. You know, the velo was still there. It seemed like maybe he was tipping his pitches. They said he was suffering from some fatigue. It was the most that he'd ever pitched. Um, But I mean, the guy has shown that he's the gamer. He's our ace. He's just got filthy stuff. Uh, I don't know how I feel about it. You know, off the bat, it seemed like they weren't making a big deal about it. Sevy was saying that he was fine. I heard them say this week that he's saying that there's no pain back there. Um, so I think it is just precautious. You don't push it at the beginning of the season, especially playing in the Northeast. It's going to be cold. Like, wait till baseball warms up. Get these guys out there, your horse. But uh, one of the other podcasts I listened to made a good point that, you know, last year it was kind of the same thing with Montgomery where he said that he felt great. 
then the next start, he goes down with Tommy John. So you hope it's not a situation like that. Um, the Yankees aren't the best at reporting and covering the injuries with their players. You know, Judge was supposed to be out for two weeks last year. He missed a month and a half. So you hate to see that. We all hope that Sevy gets back. We need him in there. Here's a question. Do you think that we need Sevy um, as the ace to win the division? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to put it to you like this. I, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no for this oh. reason. I don't think we need him as the ace. I saw Tanaka throwing. He's, he's developed a slider that looks a lot stronger. Paxton looks phenomenal right now. But we'll need him. I don't know if we need him to be the ace, but we're going to need him. Paulie, what do you think? I think we need him as the ace. He's the young face of the, young face of the starting pitchers, and he's, he's proved himself last year in the first half. Like you said, he fell off a cliff the second half. I, it had to be something was going on with his arm. But I think he needs to be leading the rotation, and it's especially important for the future going forward. He needs to cement himself that he's a force to be reckoned with, and you know he's going to be a huge problem for other teams when it comes to the playoffs and when it comes to pushing for a world championship and in the division as well. Yeah, you know, I think that over this last offseason, one of the things that Yankee fans got spoiled with, and I covered this in the first episode too, is they really wanted an ace. They wanted an ace. They wanted an ace. They wanted to go out and get Kluber or Syndergaard. You know, I don't think that any of those guys were available. Uh, and, you know, you'd like – I think that all of our pitchers are very solid. I think that it's it's a good thing to think about. It's a good thing to want to have just that lights-out ace at the top of the rotation, which I said maybe there's – only half a dozen of those guys in baseball and Severino certainly could be one of them when he's right. Yeah. Um, you know, I would love to see that you get in a playoff series with a guy like Sevy. He could, he has the potential to strike out, you know, double digit guys, just close the door. I don't know. I agree with, I agree with both of you. Um, I agree with dad saying that I think that we could win the division without him. If everyone just pitches how they're supposed to, we don't necessarily need an ace. It's nice to have one, especially when you get into the playoffs. One of the points that I heard made was that if you look back at some of the Yankees teams that won, um, like in the late 90s and 2000s, you know, you get the names like they had the Pettits, they had the Cones, they had Clemens. A couple of years when they won the World Series, if you look back at the pitchers' ERAs, you get some kind of high ERAs, like no one really in the low threes. Um, so I don't know if you necessarily need that ace like people like to call it but i sure as heck would rather have him than not um i think it would be tough to go deep into the playoffs without him so we all wish sevy a speedy recovery want him back we definitely want him starting over 20 games oh yeah um so let's let's take that into the next one so i've got uh paxton who's looked really good he pitched really well again today you figure they're giving tanaka the ball on opening day uh but you figured everyone's gonna look to paxton to to carry a lot of the slack and my opinion is you know everyone's calling him injury prone i think that a lot of his injuries have been kind of freak things they're not pitching injuries as i would say so my over under on paxton is I'll, i've got two we'll do just quick on the first one then we'll talk about both of them so over under 15 wins for paxton over 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 under 200 strikeouts. What do you have last year? How many strikeouts last year? I don't know what he had last year. I think I think maybe the concern with him more would be, is he going to stay healthy enough? Yeah. 
and get in a full season enough to get 200 strikeouts. Let me try and pull it up real fast. I don't know. With the bullpen we have out there, I might say under. They may not push these guys. That's a good point. They may not give them all the batters and all the ends they need to get up to 200 strikeouts. Yeah. Who's going to turn away from that fire bullpen? You know, it's, they're going to turn to them to, to close games out and get us wins. I mean, you're sitting out there with three guys, four guys that can be closers. <laughs> Last year, Paxton was 11-6 and six with a 3.76 ERA and 208 strikeouts. Yeah, I think he'll be over, over 200. You know, I uh, again, this is one of those things where you're just nice to have. You know, it's, I don't know that we necessarily need it, but – and so that was in 160 innings pitched. Pretty so, his, yeah, strikeout per nine is high. Um, can he approach 200? He's never been there. 160 was the most he'd ever pitched last year. The year before he was 136. The year before he was 121. So you're hoping that this is the first year that he can really push it up there. The strikeout per nine rate, 11.7. So you figure that if he's healthy and he's on the squad like we need him to be, he'll be over 200. I don't necessarily think that we need it, but it's one of those things that you'd like. You know, you want to have a pitcher. They say wins don't matter. I say losers say wins don't matter. You want to have a pitcher win 20 games. I want my pitcher. be nice to have a guy with 200 strikeouts. Um, I think over on both. I'm I'm calling over on both. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a better chance of him winning more than 15 games, especially his team's a lot better now. They're favorites to win the World Series. So I think he could definitely get over 15 wins. I think that's the easier one. The 200 strikeouts, I think he'll get it, but I think he'll be close. Yeah. Is anyone happier than James Paxton? Dude gets traded from the Mariners where it baseball doesn't matter. Now he's playing – now he's, uh, you know, the second in the rotation for a team that's playing to win the World Series. That's a good deal. That's a lot of pressure too. It's a lot, a of, lot pressure. of pressure too. Uh, but Paxton seems like he can handle it. You know, Canadians, man, they're always a little – they got a screw loose. They don't think like we think. The dude lets a bald eagle land on him without moving. Uh, <laughs> that was funny. He's got a maple tattoo tattooed on his forearm. I'm thinking this guy is probably not going to be like Sonny Gray. Yeah, I would hope so. We don't need another Sonny Gray. Good riddance to him. I'm so happy they got rid of him finally. Let's not waste any other breath on Sonny Gray, too. We'll leave him and Ellsbury. We'll let other podcasts talk about them. I got two more, and then we'll just go around the horn real fast, guys. So my other two are home runs. So we've got a battle at first base, and both guys are crushing it. I don't know who's going to win the job. I think that you've got to say that Voight's going to get the job out of spring training. But with Hicks not being at least in the first series, you got to think that they're going to have Bird on the team too, at least for that. Um, and if they don't carry eight pitchers I, in the bullpen, they'll have Bird on the team also, I think. So I don't know what the playing time is going to be. You don't know what's going to happen over the course of a season. But my over-under is 40 home runs out of the first base position this year. Wow, Ooh. that's a big number. So let me give you their home runs from last year. So last year – in only 82 games and 311 at-bats with a terrible season, uh, under 200 batting average, Bird had 11 home runs. And Luke Voigt, we can't 
nothing else to say about Luke Voigt and what he did last year. So this is split between here and the Cardinals. I'm not really exactly sure what he did with the Cardinals, but in 47 games last year and only 161 at bats, he had 15 home runs. So these guys hit 14 with us, right? So yeah, so you know, 40, you say 40 is a big number, but Voigt essentially in a quarter of a season hits 15 home runs with us, and Bird in a terrible half a season hits 11. So they've got 26 in basically the worst half of a season a first baseman could possibly have and in a quarter of a season. I'm going to make it easy. No, there's no way they'll combine for 40 home runs. You asked me not to drop F-bombs, but when we talk Greg Bird, uh, he uh, he makes me so angry, Greg Bird. I'm pretty sure he'll get a – I'm pretty sure Bird will get a splinter and miss four months of the season. We won't even be talking about him anymore. The future's Voight. Voight's the guy. I don't think he's – I don't think 40 home runs too much, too many. Yeah, it's an interesting call. Voight comes up uh, about August 20 last year, and from that point on, Kristen Yelich, who had a psycho September, is the only major leaguer that beat him in home runs. He won the MVP. Uh, all right, and he wins the MVP. So uh, that's an interesting call, but 40 is, a, 40 is a large number, especially, you know, what I don't like is this, and this is one of the things that we run into as the Yankees, uh, is they have an excess of players. This year is even worse than any of the years in terms of, or better, if you want to say, excessive talent. But they have this tendency to where no one ever is the regular player. Everyone's being moved yeah. around. Everyone's changing. The lineup is never in sync. And so I think that could prevent him from hitting 40. 40 is a big number. Paul and I, we had talked about this. I I'm rooting for bird. I just, I want to see a left-handed power bat in the lineup, you know, in 2000, even the beginning of last year, the last few years, Greg bird has supposed to have been the left-handed bat, especially last year that splits judge and Stanton at the three hole. I think that we've seen spurts of that this spring. The guy has been on a mission. I, he came in looking good. The dude gained muscle, 15, 20 pounds of muscle. Um, I think that he's another guy that's changed his approach, man. He's going to left field a lot. He hits a P rod today as a home run to left field. Burr, I mean, Voight is you, you're waiting for this guy to slow down and he hasn't, he's still crushing it. Um, I think this is going to be a situation where the competition is going to be really good. You know, you you don't know what to expect over a whole season of baseball. Bird has done this before where he comes out, he crushes during spring, then the guy just can't get healthy. That's what I'm saying with Bird. That's that's my gripe with Bird. He breaks my heart. He he's He has all this expectation. He's going to be this. He's going to be that. 2017 in the playoffs, he's a huge part of – us pushing that to seven games and us beating Cleveland in the divisional series where against Andrew Miller, he hit a home run. That was the only run in the game that pushed it to the fifth game for us. So I had all these high expectations, bird, 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 2018 comes around, boom, injured again. Bird is going to join the ranks. I looked at my crystal ball. Bird is going <laughs> to join the ranks with Sonny Gray and with Jacoby Ellsbury, where next year they're not, he's not going to even be worth talking about. So you think Bird is going to be closer to Nick Johnson than to Don Mattingly? Absolutely. 
And I don't think it's much of a prediction to say that either. Bird has been nothing but a disappointment. Talk to the guys in New York. Talk to the guys I talk to at work. Bird is, is a heartbreaker for Yankee fans. And if he turns it around, it's just going to get my hopes up for him to get injured again. All that's great. He's a lefty. He splits it, a power hitter. All that's awesome if you can stay on the field. I'm telling you, he's oh, Bird. Maybe we can get start an expansion team. Um, out of Oklahoma City or something, and Bird and Ellsbury can go on that team. And right, yeah. <laughs> um, you know what, guys? I'm optimistic on this one. I think that both of these guys have shown we've seen what both of these guys can be. I think that this spring we're seeing that neither one of them wants to concede the job, and I'm hoping that carries over. Call me optimistic. I'm going over. I think the Yankees are getting over 40 home runs from the first base this year. You're crazy. Uh, no through way. a combination of each. I mean, I don't think it's so far-fetched to think that Voight could hit 25 and Bird could hit 15. If Bird can stay healthy, he's got to be on the field to hit home runs. If Bird can stay healthy. And if you're looking at a situation that we're going to be facing opening day where, you know what, we gave the money to Hicks. Hicks gets hurt a lot too. You know, if yeah. Gardy's in center and Giancarlo is in left a lot, I think you're going to see a lot of, Bird at first, Void at DH, Void at first, Bird at DH. Um, so if both of these guys get enough at bats, again, you can't really predict what's going to happen in this season. But like I said, call me optimistic. I want to see that. I'm going to call you optimistic, and I'm going to tell you why. Because in the scenario where they're able to carry both players, Bird is going to get more at bats as the lefty against right-handed pitchers. So to say that Voight will hit 25 and Bird will hit 15, I still think – I agree. I, I still think that Voight's going to get more at-bats. All right. What else we got? My last over-under. This is the most optimistic of them all. Aaron Allrise Judge and Giancarlo Big G Stanton over-under 90 home runs combined. Oh, over. Over. I thought you were going to go with 100. I think Judge over. is going to go over that by himself. The Should way it looks we – do we go full optimist and just set set the standard for this year and say 100? Over, under, Judge Stanton, 100 home runs. Ooh, that's close. Over. Uh, the Twin Towers, say, they can hit 60 apiece. If they stay healthy, they can, they can hit 60 apiece. Man, I'll tell you what. That, I'm going to go under that. That's, to, you know, it, to hit 50 is, is freaking a super year. But then to ha- expect both guys to do it, I don't know. Here, here I, I first. Think, I think everything's mixing good with it, though, because you have Stanton. He got he got that first year behind him. Look at A-Rod. A-Rod comes over. His first year with the Yankees, he only hit 35 home runs. His next year, he had 58 home runs. Sometimes you got to get that first season jitters. And I was at a lot of Yankee games last year. They were giving, they were giving Stanton hell, booing, booing his pants off. I mean – it's rough to play in New York, and I think now he's used to it. He's got the jitters out. I think he could have a monster year, and Judge got hurt. If Judge stays healthy, I, th- I don't think it's too crazy over 100. I really don't. I'll say this. Okay, if I wanted to throw a, a mathematics into this and make it more realistic for me, I would say Judge, Stanton, and Sanchez over 120. Ooh. I like that. Sanchez is That's what I would one. say. For, so those three upside, guys averaging that. 40 is a higher percentage than just two guys averaging 50. All right. So let's Absolutely. take that into uh, 
We'll wrap up the over-under section. We'll end up with 15 or 20 minutes or so going around the horn. I'm going to say, first one, be the first to hear it here. Me and Paulie are calling over 100 home runs between Judge go. and Stanton. You know, I think that you can't expect a guy to hit 50 home runs, but but <laughs> Judge and Stanton have both done it. They both showed that they can. Like you said, Paul, I think that – I mean, Giancarlo handled, handled New York good. When he, he was striking he out four times a game, he said, you know what? I sucked. What do you want me to say? You know, I think that he's got the right attitude. Um, the dude's got swag. And he carried the team. You know, Yankee fans want to give him a hard time because he came up short in some big spots. He struck out in some big spots. But you know what? This guy carried the team injured when Judge was out. Those games when Judge was hurt, you know, Giancarlo and Neil Walker – carried the offense a lot of the times and Stanton was in there with a hurt hamstring. Um, you know, only a sick Yankee fan looks at a guy that hit 38 home runs and drove in a hundred RBIs and said he had a bad year. Exactly. <laughs> so I agree with you, Paul. I think we're going to see a big year from Giancarlo. One of the things that they talk about with him is that he's very studious. I guess he keeps like a notebook um, of the pitches that he's facing. So he's got a year's worth of data in the American league East. The new league, he's on the biggest stage in the world, under the most scrutiny. Um, another thing he's fighting against is, you know, Judge is the homegrown guy. Judge is the face of baseball. Judge could be elected the mayor of New York City tomorrow if he wanted to be. Unless <laughs> Jeter was running against him. Unless he was running against Jeter. Um, but he's like, he's Judge 2.0. He's coming in, same frame, same so not only is he the new guy in town that everyone has huge expectations for, but it's almost like he's uh, the new guy in town who's threatening Judge as the king of New York. Um, so and he's who's fighting, making $30 million. Yeah, he's making, making $600,000. He's making $30 million for the next 10 years. Uh, and so I think that it, a lot of Yankee fans gave him a hard time. He had a monster year, and he carried the team a lot of the time. I think he's... Got a year of experience in the league underneath his belt. He has got a year dealing with the city. He's more comfortable. He doesn't have to be the head honcho. Judge is there. It's not like he comes in and it's the pressure to be. He's got the pressure to perform like he's got to be, but he doesn't have to be, you know, the king of the hill. And Judge, man, what do you – you can't expect this out of a guy, but I'm looking at the way he's swinging in spring training – I'm looking at his approach, and I saw someone on Twitter had done a uh, like a three-screen split of the adjustments that judges made his first year where he was standing like pretty straight up, not really an athletic position, had kind of a weird big leg kick, and the adjustments that he had made from that to like 17 and 18 where he was a lot more crouched, shorter swing, had the big leg kick, but it was a much more athletic swing. And then this year where it looked like it was even a little bit more of an athletic position, and he's really not taking a stride, even on his non-two-strike at-bats, it seems like his leg kick is is uh, not as pronounced. And the dude doesn't need it. <coughs> Excuse me. I, he can hit it 420 to right center without even trying. He doesn't need the leg kick to get the extra power and reach the wall. So I think this year, man um, – I've got high expectations for Judge. I think everyone does, but call me crazy. Hear it here first. Uh, 
I mean, I think that Judge could hit 300 and hit 50 home runs this year. Looks Ooh. like a Mickey Mantle that, year, right? That's bold. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think he can too. I think if anyone can do it, it's Judge. I So I'm going to say over 100. I'm hopeful. So we just called, Paul, we just called, uh, or I called 140 home runs out of our right fielder DH and first base position, but I think the guys have shown they can do it. So let's do this. We'll wrap up real fast. Not real fast. We'll take the last few minutes, and let's not take too much time going real in-depth, but I wanted to go around the horn and each just give, like, our basic, we'll do average home run RBIs on base if we want to. And just a brief summary of what we're expecting from each guy. So let's start with Gary. We'd mentioned Gary in uh, your hypothetical home run situation. Not having an incredible spring, but he looks like he's in shape. We've seen what he can do. Has a terrible year last year. Coming back from the shoulder surgery, which I think had a big part of it. Uh, Paul, what are you looking to see out of Gary this year? Give us a little bit of a stat line. Uh, Gary last year... Only had 18 home runs, batted 168, and he only, but he only had 323 at bats. I think he can show, get back to his old form. I think 2017, I want to say he had 38 home runs. I think he could land in about 30 home runs. I think he can give us around 80 to 90 ribbies, and I think he'll bat 250 to 270 tops. Cards, what do you think? I'm thinking on the batting average, right in the 240 to 250, 35 home runs. I think that initially we saw Gary as a guy that – I thought that he was another guy that could hit almost 300. I mean, I think his first – in 17, what he hit like 280 or something like that. Um, 286, I think it was. You know, I think that Gary – we get our expectations a bit out of whack for him just because we've seen what he could do. I mean, he comes up in 16 and has the unbelievable uh, last month or so of the season. 17 was incredible. He has a terrible year last year. Um, But I think that another, you know, Yankee fans get spoiled. And again, it's, you've seen these guys do it. So it's not really spoiled. You just want guys to play to what they can do. But compared to all the other catchers in the league, even with his year that he had last year, I think that Sanchez was still like second or third in overall OPS for a catcher, hmm. which is on base plus slugging. And so I'm looking at that and thinking, this is the worst possible year you could even imagine for this guy. Do we need him to hit 280 with 35 home runs? I would like it. I don't think he has to. I mean, if, the pressure's if, off him. I think that's yeah. going to play big. I want to see – I think Gary's going to hit between 260 and 270 with between 27 and 32 home runs. I'll give him that gap. I think he'll be right around 30. I think that he'll get some rest. I don't think they'll push him as hard. I think Romine will get a lot of games, especially with the rotation. Um, but I'm looking for a bounce-back year from him. I don't know if he'll necessarily be Gary like we saw in 17, but I don't think that he'll be the Gary we saw in 18. I think that – I think that he'll put to bed the uh, naysayers that think that JT Realmuto is a better hitting catcher than he is. But I don't know if we're going to see him hit 40. But I sure think that we could see him hit right around 30 and hit around 270 or so. Um, Last thing on Sanchez, what matters for him? We also need to see him do better behind the dish. 
I mean, he's, uh, yeah, a little, right? He's, he's underwhelming to say the least behind the plate, and that's his that's his biggest problem. I'm not even worried about his production with the bats. The guy can rake. We know that. It's he needs to prove himself behind the dish. You know, uh, Sanchez is such a he's just a weird one, man. Because again, his defense is like tale of two cities. The guy throws almost like no one else in baseball. So he completely shuts down a running game. But, yeah, you've got the pass balls. You've got everything. So, it's, again, it's like uh, it's just a weird one all around, man. Gary's kind of an enigma. But you do want to see that, you know, he came into camp looking slimmer. So you're hoping that that's an effort to get a little more nimble back there. Um, in Gary's defense, we don't have an easy squad to catch. You know, as we said earlier, the bullpens had the highest strikeout rate ever, and that's because the guys all have. Absolutely filthy stuff, but again, you don't want to excuse plays that just need to be made. So kind of going with you were saying, Paul, you know, the emphasis is going to be on Gary's defense. And because of that, you don't need him to have the monster offensive years like we saw and like we know are in there. But I think that if he rebounds and has a well above average year hitting as a catcher, which I think for Gary is right in that range. If he approaches 30 home runs, hits around 250, 260, 270. And his defense is average on the blocking and catching side. And his arm, his arm's going to be well above average. But if he can be an average catcher from a blocking standpoint, not lose us games, you know, with pass balls, with things like that, if he comes in with that slash line, I think Yankee fans are going to be very happy and not be talking about how much of a bum he is. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. So, Gary, we all want to see him right around that same uh, same thing. We covered Bird and Voight pretty good. Do we need to give a slash line on them? I don't. We covered yeah, them. I don't think so. Let's move to Glaber. Uh, we talked a little bit about his um, – or maybe we didn't. Maybe I thought that we were going to talk about his. Let's talk about Glaber. Oh, we talked about him and maybe the guys that could approach 300. Yes. What do you see out of Glaber this year, Paul? Uh, let's see. I'm pulling up last year. I want to. I want to have a good reference point. So let's, 27, 27 what, home run. Oh, 24 home runs and bad 24 home runs batted 171, 431 at bats, 117 hits. I think he can. You know what? I said no on anyone with 300, but Nick convinced me. I think if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Glaber. So I'm going to say he's going to bat 290 to 300. He'll have 20, 20 to 25 home runs. I'll give him a five-home run cushion. And I think he'll, bat, I think, uh, he'll have eh, 80 to 100 RBIs. Give him, a, give him a big cushion on that one. Dang. 80 to 100 RBIs. That's I think so. Spread. I think he can do it. If he has a full season and he's healthy and has his confidence up and he's just doing what he's doing, I think, he's, I think he could do it. I don't think it's asking too much out of him. I know, but do you think every guy in the team is going to hit 90 home runs? Glaber's probably going to bat in a nine hole, right? Well, last year they had 20 home runs out of every position. Not out of every, out of every position in the lineup, one through nine. Well, I mean, the one thing numbers-wise on home runs with Glaber is, remember, he came up on April 28th, so a month after the season started. He missed time. He sat out a month in the middle of the season. And then he was not yeah. – he wasn't what himself so, after he came back. 
Yeah, so you're talking about a guy that played four months and hit 24 home runs. I think he'll bat around 275, but hit about 30 homers. You think 30 home runs, really? Yeah. So, so Dadisi and Glaber, not as much of the average as we are, but more power. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I think. Um, I think the Yankees, as a team, are making an effort to cut down on the strikeout to put the ball in play more. I think that Glaber has the ability to do it more than anyone on the team. You'll call us right now, and maybe I'm the eternal optimist. I think Glaber's going to hit 310 with like 25 home runs. Wow. Wow. I mean, I say that after watching him this afternoon in an approach where it was a high outside fastball, and he just crushed – he didn't even try to come off it. He just goes with it, crushes it to right field on a line drive home run. You know, if you guys have that approach, they're going to get, they're going to hit for higher average. And I think they're really trying to do that. I think that Glaber showed that he has the ability to do that. Um, you'll hear me say it before. I've said it before. I'll say it again. He makes in at bat adjustments better than anyone I've seen. He makes mid pitch adjustments better than anyone I've seen. The only reason, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to retract my statement. I'm going to retract my statement on that uh, 30 home runs because I'm forgetting this issue. LeMahieu is going to play a ton of games at second base. Well, so here, maybe let's talk about this just for a second, then we'll move on in the infield and we'll go to DJ. Here's what I think, and this is what Boone said last week in a press conference, that in regards to playing time, that like two or three times a week, it's going to be Glaber, Tulo, Andy Hard, DJ is going to get the day off. A few other times a week, it's going to be Glaber at short, DJ at second, um, Andrew Hart at third, and then a couple other times a week, it'll be Glaber at second, Tulo at short, DJ at third with Andrew Hart getting a DH spot. So I think that the guys are going to get moved around. It seems like Glaber is going to be playing maybe like two-thirds of the games at second and another third at shortstop. Um, they may give him a day off in during the week also. Well, they got to have a day off because they are they are twenty two, right? right? They're getting that's old. That's thing. Boom! They like to give these guys the day off and rest them. I don't love it. I like to see them get in a rhythm. I don't think they're able to get in a rhythm as much when the lineup's different every day, and that's a totally other subject. But I, I mean, I think you're still going to see him in pretty much full time. He's going to be a hundred and fifty games, barring injury, whether it's at second or short. Um, I'm still going to call that. I'm. I want to see him higher average, and I think he could do it. I'm three hundred to three ten with like twenty five home runs. All right, what do we got at shortstop? Let's go, DJ. While we're on it, we'll talk about DJ. So he's going to be getting just about full time at bats as well. I think he had a career high in home runs last year at like thirteen. What uh? What do we see out of this guy? Maybe call it like. 450, 500 at bats. Maybe not a full season, but just about. Uh, uh, it's a hard, it's a hard one. I don't really know what to expect out of him. Uh, I think, I think he could hit 300. Yeah. I don't think you know. I'm not even going to make a suggestion on home runs because. Yeah, yeah uh, it's, it's fickle. That's a hard one. Yeah. Plenty yeah, of pain playing time with that one. DJ's hard because we've never really seen him. He's coming from a totally other league. Um, he's not off to a great start in spring. It's a small sample size, and I think that his approach looks really good. You know, I don't think they brought him in to hit. I, you know, I'll take that back. 
I think they brought him in as a guy that's a high contact guy who's not going to strike out. He's got the second percentage of batted balls in play um, behind Joe Panic in San Francisco. You know, he's here for his defense. He can play any of the infield positions. You know, I think that I'd like to see this guy hit 280 with like 10 home runs. They're saying that with his approach, with the right field in Yankee Stadium, he's also like in the top five of balls hit to the opposite field. You know, if he plays stellar defense in every position, if he hits 280 with like 10 home runs, I, that's where I think he's going to be. I don't think we need him to hit 300. I don't know if you can expect a guy to do that. We haven't seen a lot out of him. But 280 is great. If he's got a high OBP and he's on base and he's putting the ball in play, I think that might be more important for him than needing him to be a guy that actually moves the needle. Uh, so let's let's parlay that into shortstop. I think shortstop's still a question mark. Too low. What do we see out of too low? Is this guy going to play more than 20 games? Is, it, is he going to be our shortstop till Didi comes back? What he up? might be on that Oklahoma team. Yeah. With, uh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't have my hopes too, uh, too high on Tua Whiskey. Anything he does, any production he gives us, I think is a plus. You got him for a week minimum. You just whatever you get, what you get. It's either I think you said Nick, it's a lottery ticket, or you crumble it up and throw it away. No harm, no foul. Yeah. So I mean, he'd been really struggling. He comes out hot. He hits two home runs quick. Had been really struggling, striking out. You know, they say that he's shaking off a lot of rust. And then this afternoon, he drops an absolute bomb, like a Bezo out of the stadium bomb. Um, I, yeah, I, I couldn't even base it. I don't know what to expect. Uh, it looks like he's playing good defense at this point. They may be more concerned with that than what he's hitting. Worst case scenario, he's out of there. Glaber's at shortstop, DJ's at second base until Didi comes back, which isn't a bad situation. That's a good situation. I think either way, we're covered. Um, if we get production out of him, great. If not, I think we're covered either way. So, I, Tulo's shortstop's just a huge question mark right now. Don't know what to expect. Um, I don't even want to put batting stats to it. I hope the guy just plays good D. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's too hard to put a number to it, but any production's good production out of him. So let's take it to third base. Let's talk about our boy, Miggy. What a, what oh, a, yeah. Uh, what have we seen at him so far this spring? Do you think that his defense looks better? Yeah, I think he's tightening. I think he's tightening things up a little. Yeah, he looks better. But it's I worry about him still with a lot of the a lot of the short plays. He he makes easy plays a lot harder than they need to be. Well, let's face it. The guy has the goofy arm, right? He's got yeah. the goofy throw. I mean, why can't they just teach him to throw over the top? <laughs> he's yeah. in the freaking major leagues. I don't know how. I don't know how a guy makes it that far, and I guess it's because you hit like he does, but he's athletic, man. Just teach the kid to throw normal. That's half of his problem. You know, he gets – I've seen him get to some really great balls this spring. It seemed like he's working hard. Again, I think that Andrew Hart's got a lot to prove this, this season because he had the season of a lifetime last year. No one appreciated it. What's What's – What's the slash line you want to see out of our boy Miggy this year, Paul? All right. From Miggy, I want to see him bat 280 to 300. I think he's another one. Maybe he'll get up there. 280 to 290, actually. He'll be conservative. I think he could hit 
eh, 20, 25 home runs, and he'll have, I mean, 70 to 80 RBIs. Dang. Parts, I'll go ditto on that. I can go with that. I think his big thing is, you know, he's got that fast swing. He could hit 50 doubles. Yeah, he's a, he's a double hit machine. Yeah, Even last it. year, he forty seven. Well, yeah, I was gonna say I thought he was close to fifty uh, doubles last year. He had a great year. Broke Joe D's record for the most doubles as a Yankee rookie. Yeah, I mean the dude just flat out rakes. I mean he's got such an incredible bat speed, and the helicopter swing is fun. Yeah. His bases is it up all the time. Um, you know what? And I gotta stick to what I said in our over unders. Andujar is one of the guys that I thought could hit 300. He hit within a two or three points of it last year as a rookie. It doesn't look like he's slowing down, and I think that he's got a chip on his shoulder. Maybe not a chip on his shoulder, but he's got something to prove this year. He should have a chip on his shoulder. He got robbed. Yeah. Um, call me over 300 for Andujar. I'm going to call him like 305, right around the same as Glaber. I think Glaber could have a higher average. 305 with 25 homers and like 80, 90 RBIs. I don't know where he'll be in the lineup, but I think yeah. everyone's going to be on. Again, yeah, Pards, I agree. I think he's going to have a lot of doubles. Um, and I hope that I hope that he has average defense. You know, if he could just throw the ball straight, <laughs> we'll be fi- we'll be fine. Um, do we want to talk about Wade at all? It looks like he's going to be the last guy on the bench. Well, we kind of. Filled him in. We don't need to give a slash line for him, but what do we nah. expect out of Wade? Fun. I pinch, uh, pinch running situations, solid fielding, and hopefully comes up with some big time hits. I think that's all we can expect from him. Yeah. yeah. Wade's a guy that I like to see on the team. I've liked Wade since the few years ago, since he's been in the situation. Um, yeah, just a toolsy guy that has showed that he can hit in AAA. Never really hit a ton in the majors, but he can play every position well. He's fast. I, Wade's a good guy. You know, you don't need an all-star at every position. I think the Yankees have a lot of guys that could be all-stars, but you know, we don't. I don't want to overlook like building the team as a whole. I think a dude like Wade brings a lot to what the team could be like. Uh, a great secondary player, a great complimentary player. Uh, so I'm excited to have him on the squad this year. I hope that he stays up the whole time because he's a valuable guy to have on the squad. Uh, we talked a little bit about Judge, John Carlo. Let, we'll end with them giving them slash line. Just talk a little about Gardy. They bring him back on a one-year deal. It looks like he's starting the year off playing center. Hicks is down right now. What do we expect out of Gardner? Can we expect – contribution offensively is he there just for defense do they care if he hits or gets on base what do we think he's looked good in the spring i think i think he's there for defense i don't think i'm not expecting more than him batting 240 250 a handful of home runs and you know 30 to 50 rbis i nothing more than that i mean yeah he may not get a lot I don't think he's going to get enough at bats, enough enough at bats, enough playing time, and and he shouldn't. He's I think he's there as a leadership role too. You know, it's a young team to have that solid figure there. He's been he was with the last World Championship. He knows what it takes to win. You want a guy like that around? Yeah, 
I agree. I'm, I'm not expecting a bunch. I mean, he could pop. He could pop 10 home runs, 10, mm-hmm. 15 home runs. You know, yeah. he gets streak. He's as streaky as anybody. Yeah. That's that's the one thing about him. Um, I'll tell you one of the things that I look at that I think is going to be a concern going into, especially if people don't get hurt. If we're healthy all year and we go strong, you've got a lot of players that are not going to be happy. You got guys that Tyler Wade, you got Boyd, if he, when they have to decide on who's playing, you got Clint Frazier, that these guys are ready to play in the major leagues. And if we don't have a spot for them, they're going to want to play somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, at this point, is Paul, and me and you are in the same boat. We love Frazier. At this point, he's not on the team. He's got to get healthy first. He's not producing in spring training. He's got to prove himself. He hasn't proved yeah, himself he's yet. He's got to you know? prove himself. You know, and you got I think he I think Frazier's biggest problem is gonna be uh Floreal. Yeah. Because he's gonna be ready to go in two years and there's just not gonna be a spot. I, I mean they're I think high, that they're so high Floreal on Floreal is, too. They're high on him, he's the number one overall prospect. I think he's still a long ways out. I, mean, I don't know. Only he's at, batting 340 in spring training. I think he was only at <laughs> single A last year, maybe double A. And he just got hurt. And they just gave yeah. $70 million to Hicks. Uh, but Hicks, I can see him in the left field spot. Yeah, so let's, you know, with here's what I'll say about Gardy. I initially thought he may not get as much playing time as we thought. You know, with Hicks going down, Hicks is always prone for, like, some nagging injuries. You don't expect him to be fully healthy the entire year. He always goes down with like something like this, like a back stiffness. Not a real injury, yeah. but he's got back stiffness. Um, you know, I really thought that Clint Frazier coming in would be more competitive for a spot. He's not going to be on the team opening day. I think Guardy's going to get a full season of playing time in, boys, unless someone really goes down. Um, and he's looked good so far. You know, Guardy's a guy that maybe came in with a chip on his shoulder saying – Hey, he had a great 2017, hit 20 home runs or almost 20 home runs. Had kind of a really down year last year as far as his average and homers goes, always with the great defense. And he may be a guy that's coming in and saying, you know what? I came back. I want to win. He's a real big gamer. And he may want to be telling these guys, hey, you know, I'm not done yet. Maybe I want to play another year or two. I'm not washed up. I'm not old. He may have come in with a chip on his shoulder. They say he's always trash talking when he's hitting home runs. So he's definitely the team leader. You know, I think that Gardy, I want his average to be up. He hit like in the 230s last year. If Gardy hits 250 with, I want to go his on base instead of RBIs. I don't care how many RBIs he has. I want to see him hit 250 with like a 340 OBP, taking walks. I like Gardy out of the leadoff spot. He's really great at taking a lot of pitches, working the pitcher, giving the other guys a chance to see what they got. If he pops 10 home runs, whatever, I don't really care about that. I want to see him not as black of a hole as he was last year offensively, which I don't think he'll be, but I think he's going to get a lot of playing time. I didn't, you know, three weeks ago I didn't, but as it's progressing, it looks like they're going to be calling on him. Uh, let's, Let's take it to Hicks. They said that Hicks is not serious. He's had a few cortisone shots. He's going to miss the first series. We don't know beyond that. Last year, he puts together a full season. We get to see what he's really like. He had a breakthrough. The Yanks gave him $70 million. What do we expect out of Hicks this year? 
I look at Hicks as the guy who can sit on uh, a seven-year contract. So I'm going to go with 15 to 20 homers, Jeez. maybe bat 260, spend about 60 games on the bench. You think that'll be a regression for Hicks this year? I think it'll be a regression for Hicks and that, uh, you know, he always gets those injuries where he's out for two weeks. Month, weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you, Uncle Johnny. I'm right on that with you. I think more than anything, I want to see him not get injured. You know, is I want to see him play another full season and, and not have these little nagging injuries. So you know, maybe it's kind of like you can take Hicks and Ellsbury and get almost a season. Yeah. <laughs> you get three quarters of the season with those two. You get three right. quarters of the season. <laughs> Man, I liked what we saw. I I could go either way with Hicks. I think he's great in center field. You love the bat last year. Oh, he's got the arm. He's got the he's got, arm. He's got a glove. Yeah, he's the got a arms out of any outfielder in baseball. He's great in center. On base machine. Takes a lot of walks. Yeah. I was surprised at how many walks. I'm not saying the guy's a bad player. I'm saying that he's one of these guys that he doesn't play through nagging injuries. He's no Lou Gehrig. Let me put it to you that way. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't strike me as a guy with, like, a ton of heart. He goes down with these weird little injuries. Yeah, more than anything, I just hope he's healthy. I'm kind of with you guys. You know who's got the heart? You know who's got the heart going back to what we were talking about before? Anduhar. I don't think he'll come in with a chip on his shoulder. I think that guy comes in. He just wants to have fun. He wants to play. Give me a bat. When is it my turn to hit? And, you know, that's the kind of guys that you love to watch. That's a good point. I didn't think of it like that. It's a good point. Um. Yeah, so Hicks, I, I don't know, man. It's hard to say because he's just not playing right now. If we get If he hits 250 with like 25 home runs, I'll be happy. Yeah. 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 I think I'd be happy. All he has to do is put up 25 more home runs, right? No problem. Yeah. He did it. Last year, what was he at? 20? 28? Last year? Yeah. He did it. He did it last year. All right. Let's end it with, let's end it with Big G. What's the slash line on Big G this year? I think he could bat 270 to 280. He'll have 60 home runs. Calling it now. You heard it here first. Dang. And, he'll, and he'll have – And Matt Piqua <laughs> calls 60 home runs for John Carlos Stanton. You hear and it here first. 115 ribbies. So he's going to hit 60 home runs with one guy on base. Um, yeah. That's <laughs> – Wow, that is a big number. I think that John Carlo – I think we're going to see 45 home runs from John Carlo. I think that John Carlos is going to have a monster year. I think he's going to come out with something to prove. He's got a year under his belt in New York. He did great. He had a great season on the field. I think he had a great season off the field. He handled the city well. He handled the fans well. He handled the criticism well. You know, he's got a year in the league, a year of notes on these guys, a year of familiarity. I don't know if I can go 60, Paul, but I think he's over 50. I could see Giancarlo hitting 270 with, like, 53 home runs. I'll, I'll go over 55 or under 55, over 50 home runs, and 110 to 120 RBIs, right in that same ballpark. I'm, I think he's going to have the same type of year that you do. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to see him in left field more than we think. With Hicks, if he can't stay healthy, Gardy's going to be in center. 
And I think that they're going to want to get Bird and Voigt's bat both in the lineup at the same time if they can, if they're both hitting. So I think that we're going to see Giancarlo, Hicks, and Judge a lot with Bird and Voigt swapping out at DH. Uh, I think that's what we're going to see opening day, and I think we could see a lot of that this season. So let's end, guys. We've only got one more guy to review. We won't go into all of the starters, uh, the, the pitching starters. But let's talk about Judge. He looks incredible. He's the star of New York. He's the captain of the Yankees. Paulie, give me a quick slash line on Judge. We could talk about him. We've gone kind Forever. of long. Let's wrap it up. Stat line on Judge. Go. Judge, 280 to 290, 40 to 50 home runs, 100 to 110 RBIs. Cards. I'm going to go with... 50 home runs, 300 batting average, over 100 RBIs. I mean, I'm probably going to be hitting in the two spot, right? Yeah. So I think that he's going to have the monster year. You know what? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling pumped up. This has been a really fun ep. Call it here. I think Judge is going to win the MVP this year. He got robbed in 17. Ooh. I've seen the way he looks so good this spring. His, he's good enough and humble enough to where he's he's coming into the season with a different approach. Um, call me crazy. Give me judge. Same same home runs between 50 and 55. I'll split it and call it 53. One more than his 52 and 17. Give me a 302 batting average because he's one of my three that I said was going to hit 300 and like 120 RBIs, 100 walks. 10 outfield assists, just showing the cannon from right field. I think that this is the year that Judge is going to solidify himself as the face of baseball. Sell more 99 jerseys than ever before. He's going to lead the league in sold jerseys. He's going to lead the league in sold jerseys. He's going to lead the league in everything. He's going to be the MVP on the Yankee squad on the way to the 28th World Championship. Calling all of it right now. We're feeling good. Let's call 28 for the team. An MVP for Judge, hitting over 300 with 50 home runs and 100 RBI. Nice. The big year. Big ups on Judge. Let's uh, let's end on that, Judge. Paulie, anything else you want to say? Give us a quick recap, a quick uh, shout-out before we head out. I wanted to tell the story real fast. Last week when you said uh, we were t- you read your uh, thing for Grandpa, you didn't add one thing. Grandpa's first baseball game he ever went to was July 4th, 1939, the day of Lou Gehrig's famous speech. So being a Yankee fan is ingrained in our blood. That's it. That's all there is to say about it. All right. Parts. I was at Mickey Mantle Day when he gave his speech. Dang. That means that wow. we got to go to Aaron Judge Day, Paul. Yeah. 15 years. Um, <laughs> I was at Paul O'Neill Day when uh, when they retired his number, actually. I went dang, to, I 21. Man. Guys, this has been a really fun episode. I want to thank anyone that's listened to it, that's listened this far. Um, you know, like I said, when we started this podcast, Bronx Baseball Talk podcast, I didn't want to just talk alone by myself. I want to include my family, my friends. It's been a real treat and fun to have uh, our crazy cousin Paul out there in New York joining us. Love the fire and the passion he's bringing. It's great to do it with my dad. Want to give a shout out too to Andrew, who's here silently, not as big of a Yankee fan, but great on the audio. I uh, appreciate everyone that's listened. 
This is episode three of the Bronx Bombers Baseball Talk podcast. Hope that you've enjoyed it. Um, we'll send you off. Appreciate it. Love you guys. Rate, review us in the Apple Store. We're officially in the Apple Store now. Rate, review. Give us five stars. It helps out a lot. Um, you can find us anywhere at, at Bronx Baseball BBT on Twitter. Bronx Baseball Talk Podcast. Triple BT coming from me. I'm your host, Nick Greco. Thanks, guys, and let's go, Yankees. Thank you.